So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. In the middle of this Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon he ever preached, he says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. So he brings up what they were anxious about. In that day, there was no refrigeration. They didn't have the ability to store. And so being anxious over, are we going to have enough food to make it through the end of the season was a real thing. To us, he would say, whatever you're anxious about, it would still apply. Don't be anxious about whether you'll be single for forever. He's inviting us to a life where you are not marked by dwelling on fearful and anxious thoughts. And then he asked a question that I think is so profound. Isn't life more than food? And the body more than clothing? The first idea that I want to highlight from the text is to track down your anxiety. Jesus just asked, is all that life is about food? And all that, you know, like a body and your life is all about food and clothing. Is that the epitome of all life is equal to? Why do you think Jesus would ask that question? What do you think about it? Well, he's God. So we can assume he's not actually asking because he doesn't know the answer. In asking that question, his audience would have been forced to go, Yes, life is more than food. In other words, if we knew we had enough food to make it for the rest of our life, would that be the epitome of life? No, life is, there's so much more than that. I mean, food is important though. Yeah, but is life equal food? No, of course not. To us, he would say, is life not more than having a good paying job? Is life not more than being married? Whatever you would be worried about, he would say, isn't life more than that? And in doing so, he forces his audience, just like he would with us, to put into a bigger perspective the object of the worst. Because they don't know, of course life is more than just food. And he does what counselors still do today in asking questions to help them more clearly see what they're anxious about. If life is about way more than just having enough food, why would you give so much of your life to being anxious about it? Anxiety comes in the form often of asking a a specific question. What if? It feeds off of what if. What if I don't ever get a promotion? What if my mom's cancer treatment doesn't work? What if I am single for forever? What if? And it leaves you there and asks that question, but we never answer the question. We just hang in that, oh my gosh, that would be, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I want to encourage you, answer the question. What if I'm single for forever? What if? Then what? What if? If I am single? Or what if the relationship doesn't work out? In other words, I'm suggesting an equation to begin to apply. And the third part of the equation I'm going to give in a second. But what if? What if the relationship you're in doesn't work out? Answer it. Whatever you're anxious about, answer it. What if it doesn't work out? Then I would either marry someone else or maybe not get married what if you don't get married then I would be single for forever what if the cancer treatment doesn't work then my mom may pass away and that really sucks and that's true but anxiety feeds off of ignorance and not being willing to face those fears and look them in the eye and see them for what they are. Because when we do that, 
we're able to deflate the power by applying what Jesus is about to say next. But the equation is, what if? Then I would. It could be something really small. What if your car breaks down and you can't afford to get it fixed? Then I would have to figure out another mode of transportation. It's silly or maybe even simple as that seems. So few people actually track down and chase down their anxiety. And so they hang in this fog of fear rather than isolating and identifying this is exactly what I'm afraid of and facing it, which is the first step in order to change it. And Jesus brilliantly points out, man, you you think life, life, you know, in your heart, you understand life is so much more than that. Trying to deflate the power of their worries. And then Jesus gives us the most important part of that equation. What if you're going to answer it? Then I would. And he goes to the most important thing to focus on. But God will. What if? Then I would, but God will. Here's where he goes next. Jesus says this. Look at the birds of the air. So they're outside. Birds fly over. Jesus said, check out those birds. Neither They neither sow nor reap, basically plant and harvest crops, to gather into barns, and yet God feeds them. Are you not more valuable than a bird? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. So he points to some flowers. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, it's a punchline, do not be anxious saying, what should we eat or what should we drink? What should we wear? For the Gentiles, people who do not know God, seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus said, remember, God has promised to provide. The second idea we see from the text, tracked on your anxiety, remember God's promises. This is huge as it relates to that equation. What if? And answer that question. Then I would, but God will. What if I use my own life? I could find myself meditating on what if my wife gets cancer and she dies and I'm left to raise three kids all by myself. What if? Then I would be so heartbroken. What if my wife died? Then I would walk through probably the most painful season I'll ever walk through. Then I would have to figure out raising children childcare and all of that alone but God has promised he will never leave me nor forsake me he will get me through it and he is near to the broken hearted what if you lose your job then you may have to make some changes in how you spend and maybe just even for a season while you look and find another job But God has promised he will provide for you. He is enough and he is a sustainer. Not to provide for all of your wants, but promised I will provide for all of your needs. And Jesus brilliantly brings them back. He says, man, you're acting like people who don't have a heavenly father. You have a heavenly father who provides for birds and lilies and does all of this. And you don't think he'll provide for you? And he brilliantly points out, remember what God has promised. So what if, what if you're single? for the rest of your life, then I would be sad. 
and I would feel lonely, but God has promised I'm never alone. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He is nearer to me than the breath I breathe. And he will sustain me. No matter what we walk through, if that old girlfriend or boyfriend, what if they start dating someone else? Then I would be really sad. But God has another story that he's writing. And if they're not a part of that future in a spouse way with me, or they're not going to be a part of my life, God has promised he will work all things together for good. And as you begin to rehearse this, you will begin to experience peace because there's no magic words that you can say that can prevent a boyfriend from dating somebody else, a mom from getting cancer. But we can cling to God will. God has promised. And when we do, peace begins to be experienced because peace is beginning to be embraced.